Good evening. And as always, I want to thank you for watching tonight. And as three nights in a row, it's a miracle. Um, I hope tonight you have been able to avoid the bad weather. I'm thankful that we have avoided any significant weather tonight. Uh, we did not have services at church tonight, trying to be overly cautious. And we're very thankful that it went both directions around us. But uh, it's always thankful when the Lord protects us and takes care of us uh, in many different areas. Last night we started to look at the life of King Solomon and we looked at how everything in his life seemed to be, from the outward, spoon-fed to him, right? The grass is greener on the other side. And Solomon, as he is entering into getting ready to take over the kingdom, his brother tries to steal the throne from him. And we looked last night at how just because someone's life looks perfect from the outside we really don't know the struggles they're going through. And just because someone's marriage looks like it's perfect because they smile and sit next to each other at church, we don't know the struggles that they're going through. And as God's people, we should never pass judgment on people and, and, and say things about people because it seems they have it all figured out. If they do have it all figured out and God has blessed them, we should be thankful for them and not jealous or envious. But it was that way for Solomon. Solomon was in a fight for his life and a fight for the kingdom. And we looked at how he had some loyal people in his life, Nathan and uh, uh, Zadok the priest and Benaniah and Nathan and some of these other men that were true godly men, true warriors, had not jumped ship. We talked about how every one of us needs people in the moments of our life from times to go against the grain, uh, to go against the crowd and to stand. Uh, I know in my own life, when I think back to some of the most difficult times in my life and difficult times in ministry, it were those people who didn't take the easy road and jump ship. It wasn't the easy road and, and bail. And it was those who stayed in, in spite of the cost, in spite of the personal difficulty. But tonight I want to talk to you that even though God has a purpose and a plan for our life, uh, there are some parts of those purposes and plans that we are to live out. And so Nathan is a prophet of God. You probably remember him uh, from going to David earlier in the book, telling him he had done some things that he needed to repent of. And Nathan realizes what's going on. We don't know if he just saw what was going on or if God had told him what was going on, but Nathan realized that Solomon's life and Solomon's mother's life and the kingdom itself was at risk. And Nathan could have done what most people do. We do nothing. Uh, the old saying is, what does it take for evil to prevail? Good men and women to do nothing. And so Nathan could have just sit on his hands and said, I'll wait this one out. I'll wait and see who wins, and then I'll be supportive and throw my weight behind them. Everyone loves a winner, but he doesn't. He goes to King Solomon's mother, and he says these words. Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, 
has reigning, and David our Lord doesn't know it. Now come, let me, I pray thee, give you counsel that you may save thine own life and the life of your son. Nathan goes to him and says, even though Solomon's supposed to be king, even though David wants him to be king, even though God has said he should be king, Nathan realizes we have to put our faith into action. And I hear this in church all the time. Well, we'll just pray and God will take care of it. That's absolutely true. But sometimes God takes care of it through his people doing what they're supposed to do. People always say, well, boy, I'd love to have a church full of young families and a nursery full of babies. And man, I just hope God gives us that. Well, you're right. But sometimes that means God's people have to commit to be willing to have more children. Sometimes that means that God's people have to be willing to work in the nursery if God's going to give us the increase. So yes, sometimes we have to step back and say, God, I know you have a purpose and a plan for my life. God, I know you have a purpose and a plan in our marriage. God, I know you have a purpose and a plan in the things that are going on in our life. What am I needed to do? What do you need of me, God, to do? And so Nathan tells Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, to go into the king and remind him, didn't you say Solomon was going to be the king? And have you not heard what Adonai has been doing? And Nathan says, then I will come in a few minutes later and I will say the same thing. You say, well, this is kind of deceptive. This is kind of a trickery. This is kind of uh, uh, dishonest. No, it's not. They're not telling the king anything that's not true. And they're not even trying to trick the king. They're just trying to show the king that it is too important to do nothing. They're trying to show him that it is too important for him to quit. And I think this is very interesting tonight. And uh, I'm going to tell you why. Because I hear a lot of Christians say, well, I have done that for so long. I'm just ready to give it up. Or I know it's right, and I know what's wrong, but I just don't have any fight left in me. And I can honestly tell you tonight that I have said that quite a bit over the last two years as a pastor. I know what God would want of us, but I just don't know if I've got the energy to tackle it. Or I know that person needs to be talked to, or I know that person needs a visit, but I just don't know if I have the energy in me. And that's what they're doing here. They're trying to show him that this is a big deal. It's kind of like a repetition, right? If you hear in the Bible a sentence said multiple times, it is because it's trying to get your attention. It's very important. And so Bathsheba goes into David and says, will not Solomon reign and will not Adonai not rain. And while he was still talking, if you look in verse 14, in comes Nathan. And Nathan says the same thing. And so David is presented now from not only his wife, but from the prophet, this message that Adonai is trying to steal the throne. And they are making a plan to step involved. 
it's kind of like when you have a knee replacement. Now, I'm not old enough to have my knee replaced yet, but some of you probably are. But when you have a surgery, they have a plan. They have a plan for your recovery. They have a plan for your rehab. And you are to stick to that plan. And that's the same way it is with God. Many parts of his plan are above our ways and above our understanding, but we're called to do our part. The Bible says that we are to pray. That's our part, to believe. But it's God's power and it's God's authority that does the work. The Bible says we are to trust and obey. As the old song says, for there's no other way. And so what happens here is they go into the king, they give him this warning, and they put the ball in his court. You see, David could have said, I'm too tired, I'm too wore out, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved in the fighting of my sons because I've already watched it happen over and over again. He could have even said that Adam Janiah was Absalom's younger brother, and he loved Absalom greatly. If you remember from the book of 2 Samuel, when David's son rebelled against him and he was uh, put away, it says that he missed him and he longed for him. And the people noticed how he had a great love for his son, even though his son had done terrible things. And so tonight my challenge to you is whether you're facing retirement or you're facing a difficult decision or whether you're trying to find out what God wants for you is one, trust what he said, trust his word, trust his promises. Just like Bathsheba and Nathan knew that Solomon was to be king. And then find out what God asks of you. Not what a God asks of someone else, not of not to figure it all out, but what God are you asking me to do? You see, every Sunday I preach at 8 o'clock, at 10.30, and 6 p.m. I teach a Sunday school class at 9.30 a.m. I do five nightly devotions, Lord willing, and a Wednesday night Bible study. So in preparing for those one, two, three, four, nine, ten sermons every week, there is something I understand that my words cannot help anybody. None of my advice can help people. But the Bible promises to never return void. I cannot control the Holy Spirit as he convicts people. But what I can do is pray. What I can do is make sure that my heart is right with God. And then my responsibility is just preach the word. Just share what God says and watch him produce the results. That's my part of this equation. And then I trust that God will do his. It's the same way with talking to lost people about heaven, hell, salvation. I just tell them what God says and trust that he'll produce the results. So tonight I want to encourage you to see what is ahead of you, to get a plan, to trust God's provision. And even if your plans don't work, even if your plans don't seem to be the answer, trust that God is at work in every situation. But it's kind of like the old saying, don't expect to lose weight if you don't eat healthy and exercise. My part is to eat healthy and exercise and then just pray that the weight comes off.
So tonight, I hope I encourage you. Tomorrow night, we will look at David's response. Is David going to get involved? Does David not get involved? And we will see that tomorrow night. As always, I am praying for you. And if I can help you in any way, please let me know. God bless you.